minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Day is almost here. You are a Jew. 
See, my boat was flooding up fast. I couldn't see a thing. I needed superhuman forces of energy to exert. I'm fighting gravity. There's not a chance that I could. You must think that I was יש עננים שמכסים את הכל ולא רואים שום דבר רק עומדים במקום זה קצת לא נעים איך הכל מסתלק נעלם ונסתר ואז באים חברים לחזק להרים מביאים משפטים של אנשים חכמים אני עדיין בחושך מחכה כאן לבד. יש רק אחד שיודע באמת מה עובר לי בפנים. יש רק אחד ששומע אלוקים, אלוקים. וכך במשך שנים מתרגלים לחיים. 
ממשיכים כך ללכת, עולים ויורדים, מסתובב לאחור, את כל זה עברתי. אנחנו גדלים, חברים מתרחקים, משפחה, ילדים, הקשיים הרגילים. מה שנשאר מכל זה, זו רק ההרגשה ש... Long has 
J.M. in the A.M. Well, that is um, the Nigun Leviathan off the brand new album by Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock entitled Shira Yatera. Uh, we're not officially debuting it until later this morning, about an hour from now, but I figured, hey, why not? A little preview. A lot of other people have been playing it. Why can't I play it? So <laughs> there you have it. Lenny Solomon, brand new. We'll speak to the king of Schlock coming up. Um... 7.35 Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. Before that, Shim Kramer with Hodu. You heard Raka Chad done by Yoni Z. Naftali Blumenthal with Waves of Faith. Bissimcha, that was Rogers Park. Ohad, brand new with Lavado. Great song off an album entitled Bishat Tova. Masech Hashem, it's Mayor Sherman with our Monday morning theme song. And of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a back-to-school, back-to-work Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. I do sound a lot different than I did last Friday. Thank God. That was uh, that was just um, at the peak of getting to um, one of the worst colds I've had in a long time. And thank goodness over the weekend I was able to um, do what was necessary to at least sound like this this morning. So believe me, I'm glad for it. It's Monday on this October the 15th, day six in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year five seven. Seven nine Tufshin Ayin Tess. Today is the first day of Bahab. First day of Bahab. Fifty eight degrees outside with eighty two percent humidity. Winds are south at four miles an hour. Morning showers with a high temperature of seventy. Then tonight rain early and a low of forty nine. Wow, it's getting chilly. And tomorrow mostly sunny. A high temperature of fifty nine degrees. Right now, Yerushalayim is at seventy five. We're at fifty eight here in New York. And on Monday, as we say, good morning. At JM in the AM. Yeah, some precipitation today. That's the way things look in these parts. Um, 29 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Hard to believe that last week we were in Israel doing Monday morning show from the uh, Inbal Hotel. And here we are back in our studio in New York City. Listener Danielle's out there waiting for some Miami music. And listener Yaakov has been very, very active on our app so far this morning. I thank him. Anybody out there would like to comment on the NSN app, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Let us know uh, what you want to hear, where you are, et cetera, et cetera. Jeff Morgan, Covenant Winery, is going to be stopping by. Rumor has it, our chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative, Simon Jacobs, is going to be by later on this morning, which will be really cool. And um, there's so much going on. Lots happening. We have some updates regarding uh, different shows we're going to be doing on the road. So, uh, like I said, a whole bunch of stuff um, going on here at JMM and the Nahum Siegel Network, and we'll have all the updates for you coming up. It's a Monday. By the way, that means full schedule for us. Monday means a really, really full, active, amazing schedule for us here at the Nahum Siegel Network, including, listen carefully, right after JM and the AM, it is the uh, it is the Israel show with Mayor Weingarten. Mayor is going to be doing a show between nine and ten o'clock. At ten o'clock, it's after further review. Yoni Pollock gets an opportunity to uh, boast about where the Houston Astros are in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Although his team didn't do great yesterday, did his football team do well yesterday? Oh yeah, they did do well yesterday. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Uh, but his baseball team didn't do great yesterday. But anyway, my baseball team is not doing anything at all. So anyway, uh, after further review, live from this studio between 10 and 11, and then uh, Jake Novak with Novak Now 
today, uh, Jake will dissect the uh, Jamal Khashoggi case and explore what it really means for Americans and the American news media. So there's a lot going on. You have chosen yet another amazing and incredible day to uh, tune into the Nahum Siegel Network. And, of course, it all starts every single morning with us right here at JM in the AM. By the way, kudos to Matis. I had an opportunity. I don't always get an opportunity to listen for a long time to JM Sunday. Yesterday I had an opportunity to listen for quite a stretch to JM Sunday as I was traveling. And just an amazing job. Kudos to him and to uh, everybody who makes JM Sunday possible. It was a, uh, a stellar performance, as you would expect. And... Um, that goes on every single Sunday morning between 7 and 9 Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Yaakov Shweki's next. It's a Monday, folks. Back to school, back to work we go at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM on this Bahab, Yehuda Green with Hanenu. Shlemy Gertner before that with Hands in the Air. Miami with Shalom and Mazel Tov. Listen to Danielle, very happy. Colin Hashama done by Yaakov Shweki. You heard Schlockrock in there with Nigun Leviathan. Brand new Schlockrock, including that song coming up in the official debut at 7.35 this morning with the king of Schlock himself, Lenny Solomon, is scheduled to call in. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Atlanta's listening. The rabbi down there is tuned in on his way to teach Torah at the Atlanta Jewish Academy. Thank you so much. We'll get to more schlock rock. That's guaranteed. Jeff Morgan, Covenant and Wines, joins us in the 8 o'clock hour. He'll be visiting JM in the AM. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday is next. We say Boker Tov from JM there. Galit Sal, Shashtayim, Khan Shibel Karmi Mansur, in Mashakura Akshav. Nisyon Pigua Beshomron, Ain Nifgaim, Ha Mechabel Nora Venerag, Katavenu Yeiro Vieto. מחבל ניסה לדקור חייל צהל באזור צומת גיטאי שבשומרון. חיילים ששהו במקום ירו לעבר המחבל והרגו אותו. אין נפגעים ישראלים נוספים. לפני כשבוע נהרגו זיו חג'בי וקימי חזקל בפיגוע ירי בברקן, ובשבוע שעבר התרחש פיגוע דקירה בחיקר חתמר שומרון. בית משפט השלום בחיפה העריך בשישה עמים את מעצרו של השוטר מסר שוואסה, החשוד ברצח אשתו אמש בנתניה. כתבנו קובי מנדל שמע בתום הדיון את עורך דינו ליאור בר זוהר. החשוד מאוד מאוד נסער, והוא טוען בתוקף שלא התכוון לרצוח את אשתו. אישה בת 30 ממרכז הארץ נעצרה בחשד לביצוע מעשה מגונה בהסכמה בקטין בן 14. כתבתנו ליה ספילקין מוסיפה שהחשודה היא מדריכה בפנימייה והיחסים בוצעו בהסכמה עם הנער שהיה חניך שלה. פועל כבן 30 נהרג מפגיעת חפץ כבד באתר בנייה בבית שמש. כתבנו ניר שוויד. זהו הפועל השני שנהרג היום תוך מספר שעות. מוקדם יותר פועל אחר נדרס למוות בעבודות לסלילת כביש באבן יהודה. ובחיפה נפצע פועל בינוני כשנפל מגג בגובה שישה מטרים. מתחילת שנת 2018 נהרגו 35 פועלים בתאונות בנייה. כ-20 נכים חוסמים כעת בירושלים את צומת שערי העיר ועוצרים את תנועת המכוניות והרכבת הקלה במקום. המפגינים מוחים נגד גובה קצבת הנחות ודורשים להעלותה לגובה שכר המינימום. בעלי המניות של חברת רשת הודיעו על ביטול המיזוג המתוכנן עם ערוץ 10. כתבתנו עמית חדד. בעלי המניות בחברת רשת הודיעו כי בשל התנהלות הרשות השנייה בנושא ובשל הסחבת המתמשכת באישור המיזוג בין הערוצים, הוחלט לבטלו. בהודעה שפרסמו כתבו, אנחנו עדיין מאמינים בשילוב כוחות, אך בלב כבד וחרף המאמצים הרבים, הגענו לנקודה הסופית. החברה לישראל, המונה תחתיה את מפעלי בזן, רותם אמפרט וכרמל אוליפינין, היא המזהמת הגדולה בישראל. כך עולה מדוח המזהמים של המשרד להגנת הסביבה. כתבנו גל חן. מדד המפעלים המזהמים קובע כי חלה עלייה של יותר מ-49% בזיהום מפעל רותם אמפרט, זאת עקב אסון נחל אשלים, ובמפעלי בזן חלה עלייה של 11%. עוד חברות מזהמות ברשימה הן נייר חדרה ומפעל מגנזיום ים המלח. תחזית מזג האוויר, סתווי, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות וסיכוי לטפטוף, מחר דומה. אלה החדשות שעורכת שיר הנאות.
ריבונו של עולם, אני מבקש ממך, בכל ליבי ומזה התפילה, שתנחה אותי בדרך ישרה, ותודי אלי, אורך התורה.
J.M. in the A.M. Simcha Liner with Medley B, as he calls it, from the uh, Israeli edition of Project Relax. Uh, before that, you heard the um, Bishat Tova title track from Ohad's brand new album. Kinderlach with Rotsim Lusmoach and Mikudeshet. You'll find that on the brand, you'll find both of those on the brand new album, Sababa, 
That was released by uh, David Fadida and company just a couple of weeks ago. Monday morning broadcast on this October the 15th, the 6th of Mar Cheshvan. Today is the 823rd anniversary. Let me see if I have this right. I don't want to uh, embarrass Mayor Weingarten by getting this wrong. Today is the 823rd anniversary. Excuse me, I was wrong. Today is the 853rd anniversary of uh, the Rambam's ascension to Harabayit. It was on the 6th of Mar Cheshvan, 853 years ago, that the, um, that the Rambam writes, that on that Thursday, uh, he walked into the area of the, uh, of the great Bayit, meaning the Beit HaMikdash, the great holy Bayit, and prayed there. And I would assume Mayor's going to mention this as well during the Israel show coming up between 9 and 10 Eastern time right here after JM and the AM. Keep in mind, right after that, it's going to be after further review. Yoni Pollock gets an opportunity to um, uh, talk about the uh, latest in the world of sports. That's going to be live. And Jake Novak with an analysis during Novak now at 11 a.m. about the Jamal Khashoggi uh, case. Uh, that's all happening on Novak now between 11 and 12. So a lot of great programming between now and noon, and of course a great music selection after noon as well if you keep it here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I certainly hope you will. More coming up. It's Yoni Z. Oh, and uh, the King of Schlock, Lenny Solomon, 10 minutes from now. Lenny's got a brand-new album. We speak with him via telephone 10 minutes from now right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. That's Oded, done by Yoni Z here on a Monday morning broadcast. While we're awaiting uh, Lenny Solomon, the king of schlock himself, is going to be with us live via telephone. He'll be um, he'll be sharing with us a brand new album. He'll be sharing with us uh, the story behind the brand new album. We'll try to do at least one or two songs off the brand new album. It's called Shira Yatera. That's the name of the... Uh, that's the name of the collection, Shira Yatera. And the Lenny Solomon of Schlock Rock fame, the king himself, the king of Schlock, is going to be joining us here at JM in the AM. We are giving Rabbi Goldwasser a morning off here at JM in the AM. Usually he is with us at this time, Monday through Thursday. Bezrat Hashem will rejoin us tomorrow here at JM in the AM. More coming up. It's a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go with Ari Goldwag.
J.M. in the A.M. Ari Goldwag's song is called Besimcha here on a Monday morning at J.M. in the A.M. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, had an opportunity to meet up with him. And I say we because Simon Jacob, chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative, is here in our studio. We, meaning Simon, myself, and others, had an opportunity to meet up with the King of Schlock in Jerusalem last week. Simon, it is, first of all, good morning to you. Good morning. It is hard to believe that just days ago you and I were together in the holy city of Jerusalem. With the king. But with the king. And we'll talk about him in a second. Am I right that the view where we were doing the shows in Jerusalem is better than the view as we do the show now in New York? Uh, slightly. <laughs> no. Significantly. Anybody who saw those pictures knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. My gosh. I, I knew it looked good. Then I saw afterwards the video and pictures. We had a good backdrop. We had a Beautiful. real... I said to Yoni toward the end of the trip, I said, why are we not using any of our, any of our pop-up signs? And he says, you think that's going to be a better background than what we have? I go, okay. As long as if someone gave it some thought. That's 100%. All I just want to make sure 100%. someone gave it some thought. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we learned last week, and we mentioned it a couple of times last week, plus some of our own hosts here, including myself, who actually played some of the songs uh, from the um, from the item with which we speak. And that is that uh, Lenny Solomon, the king of schlock himself, has released a brand new album. It's called Shira Yatera. We get an opportunity to officially debut it on a Monday morning here at JM in the AM. It's a brand new music alert Monday. King of Schlock, Lenny Solomon, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you're the, you're really the king this morning because you, me, Simon, all of us in Jerusalem, then all of a sudden there's only one left in the Holy Land a few days later, and that's you. So you're truly the king of this group right now. I'm coming to New York on Friday, so it's only for a couple of days. <laughs> you, you only maintain your status for a few more hours, huh? Yeah, what now, can you do? What's this, let's start with that. Is it, a, is it a tour? What is it? What's happening Friday? Well, this first trip is an administrative tour. I'm coming in for five days, uh, really to, to just kind of straighten out the office, you know, the Schlock Rock headquarters, and, uh, you know, see my mom. Uh, which is probably reason number one, and then straightening out the office, my wife would say is impossible. So, she would. And I'm going on to London, where I have a show in London on October 27th. Wow, that's pretty cool. So your wife would say the Schlockrock headquarters are a little too schlocky looking, huh? Well, let's say the Kishmo Kainu, as they would say. <laughs> exactly. You know, Lenny Solomon, King of <laughs> Schlock. All right, you know what? Let, let's dive right into this. Tell us which song you want to start with for the official debut, and after you tell me the song, I'll ask you to explain why this album is called Shira Yatera, and then we'll play some music. Okay, so let's play Let's play the title track, okay. uh, which is track four, Shira Yatera. And the uh, reason it's called Shira Yatera is? Well, that's the reason for the album. 
Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, so here's the theory. We get in the Shammai right before Shabbat. Right. Right? That's the, what they say. So I theorized, what if we not only get a, in the Shammai but we get a Shirai an extra song. So for 17 weeks over the last year, starting from around uh, Sukkot 5777, so we're talking about two years ago, 2016, to a year later, I wrote 17 songs. I picked 12 of them. I recorded the album uh, in in um, um, Yishi, which is right near Beit Shemesh, by Jeff Harvich. And uh, what happens is, the idea, this is what came out, Shirai Tehra. 30 minutes before Shabbat, I went down to my piano and wrote whatever came into my head with that theory in mind. I recorded it on a, on a MP3 recorder, and then I listened to it and decided if it was good enough to be recorded. And... and um, the truth is, all 17 were good, but you can't put 17 songs on a project. So I put 12, and, and if we if enough people like it, we'll do a volume two. Lenny Solomon with us. Are you suggesting that um, there were certain weeks where a song did not come to you immediately before Shabbos? Uh, no. There were certain weeks that I didn't try. Ah, got it. Um, I, the way it works is, this has been my, my whole theory for a while, which is that there is this musical pipeline, it's called the Tsinor Yitzirati, which certain musicians, and they can be non-Jewish musicians, and they can be any type of musicians, have access to. That's, that's how you create. And um, so when you access that pipeline, you get, um, you, get, you get a song, or you get an idea. Right, which eventually becomes a song, and so that's really what happened. I, I didn't try the other weeks. I wasn't in the mood, or it was you know, too busy. Or at some point, you said, "Okay, I have enough. I have seventeen songs. It's enough already." Well, well, you know, and and that's what happened. Lenny Solomon is with us. All right, so this is it. This is the brand new twelve selection album, Shirai Tehra, and we are about to hear. The title track, Lenny Solomon with us live via telephone. The King of Schlock has announced it. There's a brand new album entitled Shirai Ra. You get the brand new title track now and this official world debut at JM in the AM. Erev Shabbat, Yotzei Mehamisrad, Yoshev liyad psanter Mechakesh ha-shira Tered me-ha-shamayim Shah ha-yitzira Patuach ba-shamayim Mechomi Shezokhe li-yishtamesh po Ata kipuli et ha-shira ha-zo Ha-shira ha-myuchedet le-shabat שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי ואתן לכולם שמחה. אתה כיפו לי את השירה הזו, השירה המיוחדת לשבת, שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי ואתן לכולם שמחה. הנה עוד סוף שבוע ננסה לכתוב, נחפש, נבקש את השירה 
Shlach Lenny Solomon, Shirai Tera. Title track of the brand new album here at JMN. Lenny's with us live from Israel. King, do we regard... Oh, by the way, Simon Jacob, I told you, is here, who you just saw in Jerusalem the other day. Right. And he's... Hi, Simon. Hello, Shalom Racha. He'd like to know when all of a sudden we as uh, Ashkenazim uh, took the Shirai Tera lingo <laughs> instead of Shirai Yisera. I think, I think he raises a good point there, oh. Lenny. So that's a very, very good question. And the truth of the matter is, is that over the years, my Hebrew albums have switched from Ashkenazis to Ivrit. However, it was different. This album has got both. And what I did for this album was I got three other singers besides myself to sing the songs. So... Rabbi Mutti Kornfeld, who was originally from Shmak Holein in the 70s, is singing Ashkenazis. He's got uh, three songs that he's doing. And Moshe Bell, who is from the group Sheves Achim, has got two songs that he's singing in Ashkenazis. And then I have my son-in-law, who's named Yitzhak Moshe, and he's Mizrahi, he's Swaradi, and he's doing Middle Eastern. So we've got this 12-song thing, which is... Runs the gamut between Mizrahi to old school 70s, 80s Hasidi, and um, I love this. I mean, this is this. It's it's very different than 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 most of my albums because, as you know, you're right. It's first thing is I grew up in Ivris. What what uh, what uh, city is your son-in-law from? He's from originally from Pisk uh, from Givat Zeev, but nice. he grew up in Bayit Vagan. And, in Jerusalem. And, and what's the Makor? What's the Makor? 
He's, oh, he's Halabi. He's half, Halabi. half uh, Heavy Syrian, duty. half uh, Yemenite. Okay, wow. Oh, boy, Simon. Yeah. He may have you beat, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with Simon, you have to list about four or five, if I'm not mistaken, okay. when you it's do okay. that. Uh, Lenny, is this officially a schlock rock album, or it's a Lenny Solomon album? So it's a Four Corners Project album, and it's a Lenny Solomon project. Now, what happens is, is that every album that gets made right now has got to be sponsored by the Four Corners Project right. because of the change in the music industry as we know it. So one so second, when, when, was, when somebody supports Four Corners, they used to get your whole catalog at a certain price. Is this included for that? Um, well, yes, but first thing is, the Four Corners Project, anybody who, who supports the Four Corners Project, all the out, all the songs that I release are free now. Right, right. The content is free. Now, not on schlockrock.com. Schlockrock.com, you're paying a certain amount for the entire catalog. Right. But the, um, the Four Corners Project, to me, is so essential because it, 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 it enables me to continue schlocking, you know? Um, and I think Schlockrock is, is, is the greatest uh, tool of Jewish education, informal Jewish education. Of course, I'm a little bit biased, no. aren't I? You know, we agree with you. Uh, next tour starts when? People should contact you about a, a tour in the U.S. that starts when? All right, so I have two tours, November 7th to 19th, where I have two Sundays open. November 11th and November 18th are open. And Hanukkah, of course, I've got... Open dates on Hanukkah because um, it's it's early this year, so people going to catch people by surprise. I'm already going to be in Orlando and in San Diego during Hanukkah, nice. but the first days, that first weekend, is open as is the first three nights, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, and then and then the Shabbat after Hanukkah. So they should definitely get in touch with me. There's there's room for them, and uh, and they'll bring Schlock Rock to their community. All right, Lenny at schlockrock.com. Let's see if we can get two more uh, from the brand new album in this morning. Uh, what do you want to do next from Shirai Yatera? Let's do, let's do an Ashkenazi song. Let's do Vaha'ereinenu. All right, here Track it is. three. Vaha'ereinenu, it's brand new. New Music Alert Monday at JM in the AM with the King of Schlock with us live via telephone. Vaha'ereinenu off of the brand new Lenny Solomon Four Corners Project album entitled Shirai Yatera at JM in the AM. <laughs> Say, 
New, brand new. It's Lenny Solomon, Four Corners Project, an album that was just released a couple of days ago. We have the official debut this morning during this new Music Alert Monday at JM and the AM. The King of Schlock, Lenny Solomon himself, with us live via telephone from the Holy Land. Simon Jacob is here in studio. Yes, you heard him with us last week in Israel. Unlike, um, or, or I shouldn't say unlike, uh, very common that uh, Simon shuttling back and forth uh, from Israel to the U.S. and he is here this week with us in studio at JM in the AM. Uh, Lenny Solomon, nice song. That's called uh, Vahari Nenu off of uh, Shira Yatera. We have time for one more. Which song do you want to introduce to this audience this morning? Uh, let's do Pia Papcha. Pia Papcha is that features Yitzhak Moshe and uh, it's Mizrahi. So oh, the smarty one. We're going, uh, we're going <laughs> from Hasidic to Mizrahi. All right. Something for everybody in this collection, huh? I think there is, and, and uh, I just got to tell you one other thing. The 38th Schlockrock album, I'm still in the middle of making it. So this is the 39th album. This is the 39th album being released before the 38th album. Now, if you remember, last year I released a song a month. Right. I did six songs. Right. I'm doing the other six this year, and so the album, the 30th album, will be released after the 39th. What would, th- <laughs> what would 37 be? Well, what do we call 37th album, uh, Schlockrock? Album was Simchat Chaim, uh, which came out uh, like two years ago. I, a lot of good and material the, on that. A lot of good material on that. Yes, it was a lot of fun making that one, and and we have. Uh, I already have plans for the fortieth, and the fortieth is going to be unbelievable. I think also. So, <laughs> I mean, I just hope God keeps giving me this creativity. The the creativity is what keeps me going, and and uh, you know, people say, you know, are you ready to to do something else to get another job? No, I can't. I can't. This is it. We we also we also pray that God continues to give you the creativity and the strength to continue. Trust me. Amen. Amen. 
wrap up this segment uh, in just a m- couple of minutes with Lenny Solomon. Uh, let's do this first. Piha Patcha from the brand new album Shirai Rad JM in the AM. <laughs> I'm 
J.M. in the A.M., the king of schlock himself. Well, Lenny, uh, songs sound great. A lot of uh, wonderful brand-new material. It's called Shiraya Teira. That's the brand-new album, 12 selections. Best way for people to obtain it is just to literally log on, right, because it's totally free. Well, on the schlockrock.com, it costs money, but on the Four Corners Project, it is free. Yeah. All right, so what do, you recommend, free. what do you recommend people do to get this done ASAP and as simple as possible? Um, I'll, I'll, I, either one is fine. The the key is to support the Four Corners Project so that we can keep making more and the best keep making more and music. The, and the best way to do that, what would you tell people? Where do they go? What do they do? www.thenumber4cornersproject.org. www.4cornersproject.org. Just and just click on it. There's new music. There's a new music page, and there's uh, also a donate button. You could do it by PayPal. You could do it uh, with a credit card. Whatever you want. There you go. All right, Lenny. Continued Hatzlacha. You're the king of schlock. Well deserved title. And Simon, you want to give Lenny a bracha before the end of this conversation? A total bracha. Brachot on brachot. But I want to tell you that your son-in-law's voice is beautiful. Yeah, it's got a good we, voice. We really like that song a lot. So Baruch Hashem. Thank you very much. Yeah, God sent me a singer. Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> <laughs> Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Who would have, who would have yeah. thunk it? Who would you have thunk have it? You should have many, many brachot. Tadarabah, Lenny. Amen, amen. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world of web and nachomsegal.com on the nachomsegal network and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. Well, Simon's here, and that means we have an opportunity to not only play, but talk for a minute about Yisrael Bill Vavot. This is the song that Simon Jacob inspired. It's obvious if you see the video, and if you hear the audio, it's obvious that he was the person, he continues to be the person behind this effort. The way we described it on more than one occasion is uh, a tefillah, a tefillah, a tefillah of hodul Hashem, thanking Hashem, not just for Israel 70, and believe me, we are grateful for the state of Israel, but todal Hashem. For what he's doing for Jews. For the gift yeah. of the land of Israel and 100%. what it means to the Jewish people. It's amazing to watch. It's amazing to see. Um, living there for the last two years has just opened my eyes tremendously as to uh, what the Kaddish Baruch is doing. And we really, really, anything you can do to share this with friends and uh, people, people seem to really like the song, Please God. And uh, I really, I, I, I jokingly said, well, if we don't hit a hundred thousand, you know, uh, it's not a success. It's not a success. And I was really joking. I was hoping for five thousand, and we're at about eighty-four, eighty-five thousand uh, hits right now. So anything anybody can do out there to share this, we would love you to share it, and let's get it. Oh, and we uh, and we recommend yeah. to those school teachers that teach music yeah. and principals who want to add a really good song to their whatever whatever presentation they're doing, yeah. Hanukkah and other programs, etc. And for summer camp people who are already thinking about what's going to be in their Zimriya presentations, yep. we are recommending you pay careful attention to Israel Bill Vavot. Yeah, the words are just beautiful, yeah. and uh, and and the lyrics in there, and it's it's beautiful to to just sing. So please, God, we're looking forward. Thank you. Uh, and check it out, and check out the video, and uh, enjoy everybody. It really is uh, a wonderful piece, and here it is for you. It's Israel Bill Vavot. It's uh, Featuring Ohad and Itzik Dadja and the Kinderlach. Uh, I mean, you were there for the recording, so you know. They are so, it, what an incredible experience. I just, it was an The recording. The recording was an unbelievable experience. Oh, and by the way, on the topic of Israel Bilvavod, yeah. 
I know you did love meeting and have and the conversation we had with John Medved last week in Israel. But the one thing you wanted to add to it was as much as China, France, Germany, and all these other countries around the world are, and India are visiting Israel for technology. You also wanted to add, as you say in Israel, Bill Vavot, they're coming for spirituality as well. They they don't know what's going on in Israel. They see that it's Lamala Minateva, which means that it's like um, it's unnatural. beyond, it's right. unnatural. And the bottom line is they're looking for an answer, and it's not just tech. It is tech is right. a wonderful part, but the tech is there because of Kodesh Baruch because of Hashem. Pretty amazing. Thank you. Simon Jacobs here. He's going to, in fact, join us because we have a very special guest coming up, as I said earlier. Meanwhile, Yisrael Bill Vavot, the great single right here at JM in the AM. We've been returned to Israel and are like dreamers. All the leaders of the world are trying to understand how, while our people flood back in from all the nations, and after centuries of tears, we see you, Hashem, in everything and await your warm embrace of full redemption. גם יש תקווה,
JM in the AM. Yoni Z. Song called Animamin. Lavado done by Ohad. Brand new. It's a great song from his latest album entitled Bishat Tova. Israel Bill Vavod. Chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative, Simon Jacob, is here this morning. And that song, of course, was inspired by him. It's pretty amazing. If you haven't seen the video yet or if you haven't heard the audio, uh, or if you haven't heard it enough times yet, if you're uh, somebody in a school or camp who thinks it would be a great addition to their uh, to your curriculum, your music curriculum, check it out. You start El Bill Vavod and help that the video get to uh, 100,000 views. It's getting there. It's in the mid-80,000s at this point. We want to see it continue to climb and get the word out about that very, very special selection. J.M. and the A.M. on a Monday morning. Well, we said we'd uh, be inviting a very special guest into our studio. And, in fact, uh, here he is. Jeff Morgan is the uh, man responsible for Covenant Wines. Uh, I remember when this winery just started to make an impact in the world of kosher wine. And today, one can say without question that it has become one of the uh, hallmark brands in the world of kosher wine. Jeff Morgan, a pleasure to say good morning and welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's great to be here. Good morning, Simon. Oh. Good morning. Good so morning. You, so you noticed Simon's here. I noticed him sitting right next to me. <laughs> you can't miss him. God bless him. Yeah, I love, him. Right. love Simon. He is amazing, and he'll help us with this. He'll help me with this conversation because there's a lot about kosher wine, as you know, that I'm still learning at this point. Give us a brief history of a couple of minutes here at the beginning of the conversation. Bring everybody up to date who's listening when did Covenant start? Give us something about the genesis of the company, and then we'll talk about what's going on today. All right, so <clears throat> Covenant really started on a dare. About 16 years ago, I was <laughs> um, making wine, and not kosher wine, in uh, the Napa Valley. And um, <clears throat> we had a group of uh, Jewish winemakers who would get together and do tastings of whatever we thought was interesting. We happened to uh, hear that Eli Ben Zaken from Castell Winery was visiting uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. We invited him to come show us his wines from Israel. And um, we found his wine extraordinarily good. And uh, we just thought, wow, why don't we try to make a kosher wine from Napa Valley, like as good as Castel from Israel? So that was really the genesis. And um, um, we. Um, I Which was a, the first Covenant wine? What variety would have been the first? Well, Covenant so wine? we wanted to make the best Napa Valley red that we could. And I still believe that in, in California, Cabernet Sauvignon is the king, it's the, right. it's the, it's the red grape that really reigns supreme. Uh, in the Napa Valley, and um, my my late partner Leslie Rudd uh, had some fantastic vineyards um, in the Napa Valley. Leslie died unfortunately uh, this past May, but um, but for the last 15 years, you know, we 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 were running this thing together, and um, we you know we we needed Shomer Shabbat hands. We didn't have any, so I called the Herzog family. I called Nathan Herzog, who I knew because uh, previously I was a journalist and I been uh, ah. able to write about the Herzogs and uh, so I, I knew them a bit and I said Nathan I need a I need some Shomer Shabbat hands can I borrow yours or your your crew down in uh, in Oxnard and uh, he said yeah as long as we can be your distributor in New York and New Jersey <laughs> good deal huh? <laughs> and I said well okay I think we got a deal so um so you know since 2003 which was our first vintage I've been working closely with uh, the Herzogs Royal Wines to uh, distribute Covenant uh uh, throughout the world, pretty much, wow. and uh, I have to say thanks to them. Uh, they helped me get started, and they helped me, um, I guess, develop my own uh, connection to Judaism and kosher wine. Um, so you know, that's that's been a, a, a fantastic 
voyage that many people listening have probably heard already, so we're not going to waste right. your time with that. Pretty cool, though, that uh, the uh, an affinity toward a good glass of kosher wine can have an effect on one's spirituality, huh? <laughs> well, I like to say that uh, only kosher wine could have uh, brought a wayward Jew like me back to his roots. <laughs> Jeff Morgan is here. How many varieties now come out of California? So um, we make a lot of blends as well as varieties, mm. but uh, we do 16 different wines in uh, California that range from dry reds and whites and, of course, our flagship uh, Napa Valley Cabernet we right. still make. But we also have, uh, started making a uh, dessert wine called Zahav, which is a wonderful uh, late harvest Botrytis um, Chardonnay uh, out of the Scopus Vineyard in uh, on Sonoma Mountain. So that's uh, kind of new and exciting. And everything you've mentioned and alluded to would be available in a regular retail store in the um, New York, New Jersey area, for instance? Uh, we or, have, or most uh, I think we have uh, six to eight different wines nice. that are available uh, in, in normal retail stores. Including we, that brand new Chardonnay? Yes, the Zahav is, uh, is available uh, quite widely. Um, obviously, we have a wine club, a uh, wine called Lansman, that uh, you have to be a member of the club to get the Lansman wines. There's a Pinot, a Syrah, and a, and a Field Blend. But um, but most of our wines are available through normal, normal Simon, channels. have you tried the new Chardonnay or not? Have you had it yet? I haven't tried it yet. Have yet? Have yet. And what about the Cab? What would you say about the uh, Covenant Cabernet in general? I'm also a Lansman member. So, Ooh. I mean, I get, I get um, and, I, and I'm going to miss the Zinfandel. By the way. Well, you're the not going to be actually missing the Zin because the, the field blend, blend is 50% Zin <laughs> okay. from an extraordinary vineyard. Okay. And uh, so it's, yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, Simon's funny. <clears throat> I'm, I'm really quite honored that he's a member of our Lanceman Wine Club because the first time I met him was, what, I don't know, uh, five years ago. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> and uh, I met him in a restaurant in uh, Teaneck, New right. Jersey, with uh, Jay Buxbaum, who... Uh, was supposed to be here today, but sadly he decided he wanted to go to Mexico of all places. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah, so Jay's not here. But anyway, so Jay and Simon and I were having uh, dinner, and um, you know Jay wanted me to meet Simon, and and because uh, Simon is a serious macher in, in the uh, kosher wine. He world. knows his wine. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, so. Um, you know, Simon looks at me and he goes, "You know, I'm going to drink your wine, but really, you know, I, I I drink pretty much only Israeli wine." Right. And so, what pulls, did I do, Simon? So, so, so Jeff says opens up, No, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. He opens up this leather briefcase that he has, right. legal briefcase. He opens it up, and he pulls this bottle out and reveals it, and the whole side of it is the map of Israel. And it's just like- His first I'm, Israeli wine? His first Israeli wine. And I started to cry <laughs> oh, because great. I was like so happy. That's yeah. great. It was amazing. Yeah. I'm a crybaby, too. I cry all the time. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so Delicious it, Syrah. An amazing Syrah. I still have a couple of bottles of it left. What made you bridge the gap between California and Israel and start making wine in the Holy Land? So um, uh, about uh, seven years ago, Leslie and I, Leslie Rudd, my my partner, and I decided that uh, we hadn't been to Israel for a long time. I think I was uh, 19. Back in 1973 was the last time I'd been there, and just before the war. And um, I don't think Les had been back for 25 years Either so we thought, well, God, you know, we're, we're known as kosher winemakers now. Maybe we should go to Israel and check it out. So we went, looked around, and we discovered in the Galilee and the Golan that uh, there were a lot of places that looked a lot like Northern California or the Southern Rhone. You uh, actually went to see the vineyards and, and factories. Yeah, we call them wineries now. You went to the wineries. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm, wonder, I'm wondering if you took a regular tourist tour of a winery, if you actually went into the vineyards no, no, themselves. No, no, I, no, I went in the vineyard. I have a lot of friends. I already had a lot of friends who right. were, were winemakers in Israel, so 
I just full know, access see. for Jeff Morgan. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm a winemaker, right. so when they come to California, we right. we, we show them around, right. we take them. You give them the, the same vineyard. courtesy. Exactly, it's it's a pleasure to to give right. that courtesy. So anyway, we were we went around and, and we thought, wow, this is like Northern California, uh, but it's better because it's Israel. Right. You know, California. I don't know if anybody here is listening knows that California is America. It's very nice. It's beautiful. We make great wines there. But you know something? It's not the home of the Jews. Right. And Israel is. No matter what Hollywood looks like, yeah. it's not the home of the Jews. Israel's our home. <laughs> right. And so we felt very much at home there. And, and we said, uh, why don't we make some wine here too? Did that start immediately? Like we, we were Yeah. Ready so, to- well, that was 2011. Um, it took me about a year and a half to sort of set up how I was going to do it and get my crew together over there. And. By 2013, which is the wine that we opened together, Simon, at the restaurant, um, yeah, 2013 was our first vintage. We we made a whopping three barrels of wine. That's about 75 cases of wine. And um, today, um, we're making, uh, well, about 2,500 cases. That would be 30,000 bottles. Um, and uh, I guess that's about... Uh, I don't know how many barrels that is, but where does it take place? So we, we don't have our, you know, in California, we have our own winery. We have an urban winery in Berkeley and anybody listening to this. And even those who aren't listening are welcome to come visit us at our, at our winery in Berkeley. Um, which is right across the bay from San Francisco. It Just is, Google it, Covenant Wines. Yeah, it is not near Los Angeles. I hate to say <laughs> it's 350 miles from Los Angeles, wow. in case you're wondering, but it's uh, right across the bay. It's kind of like uh, Berkeley is to San Francisco as Brooklyn is to Ma- Manhattan. Got okay. it. So, um, but in, uh, in, uh, in, in Israel, Israel. Um, I hope to build a, a winery similar to the one we have in uh, California, which is small. It's only 7,000 square feet, but it's big enough. Um, and, um, so at the moment we're making our wines at Adir winery. We, um, we kind of rent space from them. We rent, uh, we rent, um, Dermeshkiachs as well, but I have my own, uh, winemaker and, uh, my own crew, uh, to help me make our wines there. So how often does the winemaker have to be there? Like, is this somebody from the U S or someone who's living permanently in Israel? No, he lives, his name is Ari Earl. He makes uh, wine for a number of different oh, wineries. So he's there. Yeah, Ari's there. Ari's an old buddy of mine from, he's American-Israeli or Israeli-American, depending on how you want to look at it. Right. He's lived in Israel for almost 30 years. But um, he lived in Napa for about 10 years, and oh. we were friends when we were both in Napa. So we've been, you know, we've been working in, together for quite a while. And- how does one distinguish between a covenant American wine and a covenant Israeli wine? Is it obvious to the consumer what is what? This is a great question. Well, thank you very much. Yes, I love this question. So basically we have... Um, uh, as I said, or maybe I didn't say, we make about 16 wines in California. Right. We only make four wines in Israel, three of which come to America. We okay. make a, um, So we make our flagship wine, which is the Syrah that brought tears to Simon's <laughs> eyes. <clears throat> that has um, got a very different label. It has the Covenant logo, uh, which you'll find on, on any of our Covenant wines that are Covenant. But um, it, um, we, we no longer have the pure map. We have a more of a... Fanciful map, silhouette type. Yeah, um, <laughs> where you can see the coastline, the western coast, and the and the ocean, and uh, it's Syrah, our flagship wine. Uh, unlike in California, where we have um, Cabernet as our flagship, our most expensive, our best wine. Right. I believe that while there's some terrific Cabernet in Israel and and other uh, red varieties, I think that Syrah is the king of uh, the king of the red grapes from Israel. And so I'm focused on Syrah, which is also the king of the Rhone Valley in France. That's the, the, the greatest Rhone wines are made with Syrah also. So we're focused pretty much on Syrah 
Uh, although we do make a little Cabernet, but we blend that into our, our second label, uh, which is a, a Syrah Cabernet blend. And uh, we make Viognier, which is a white grape that's known as a, a Rhone varietal as well. And then we make a Rosé. Simon, what do you think uh, of the Rosé in Israel? Uh, well, I just want to say something first about the Viognier. Yeah. I think that that's your flagship, okay? Beyond, thank you. It's, 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 it's very it, unusual. It's unusual. It's crisp. It's delicious. It is absolutely perfect for Israel. Um, exactly perfect for the weather in Israel or L.A. or Miami or what have you. It's an, a warm weather, delicious wine. But you asked me about the rosé. The rosé was the best rosé I've ever tasted this season, and wow. there's a lot of kosher rosés. And when we tasted it, it really lit up. Um, I tasted it with a number of people who are real wine enthusiasts, and it lit them all up. They all went, wow, where did this come from? This is delicious. Where did so, you most recently taste it? Okay, so we were lucky enough to um, to taste in the tasting room for Covenant Israel, um, which is run actually by Zoe, um, also Zoe Morgan. Uh, well, now she's Zoe Morgan. She kept her name okay. as far as I know. That's a dad. Yeah, no, that's Zoe, a, Zoe just got married. Zoe yeah. made Aliyah. About yeah. four years ago, and she just married a nice Israeli boy Wonderful. a few months ago. And she lives in Tel Aviv, and she works for Covenant Israel. Cool. And so we had a tasting there, and it was just great going through the Israeli wines. The, and just amazing. The three that are available here are? So the three that are available here are the flagship Covenant Israel Syrah. Right. Um, which uh, is, I think, an extraordinary Syrah, uh, but I'm biased, but anyway, <laughs> I still think that. Um, and then we have um, our Blue Sea wines. Now, a lot of people know our Red Sea wines. They know the Red Sea Red, the Red sure. Sea Sauvignon Blanc, and the Red Sea Rosé, all from California. The Red Sea being a big Red Sea, it's kind of like a play on words, you know, like the parting of the Red Sea, right. but it's the Sea from Covenant. Covenant, right. So <clears throat> I thought, oh, this will be cool. Uh, let's do the Blue Sea because the Blue Sea, the sea is blue over there in Israel right. and we're right next to it and, and we'll use the same uh, logo, the sea, but it's blue. So all of our Israeli wines that are not the flagship Covenant Israel Syrah are Blue Sea, Covenant Blue Sea, Covenant Israel Blue Sea. And so you can tell from the color of the sea, uh, whether it's from Israel or California. Red is California, blue is Israel. This is completely confusing, I know, and I probably shouldn't have done that. It's actually but I thought it was a cool. great tip for the consumers yeah. out there, yeah. I think. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. It, it certainly has given me a guideline yeah. now in terms of choosing your wines. Yeah, and, anyway. and if someone would, as a retailer, bunch all your wines together from the two countries, at least now we know... You know, clearly yeah. how to distinguish the two. So. Yeah, so the Blue Sea is, you know, Israel. Just remember and, that, folks. And I really, really, um, you should try the 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 Blue Seas um, because they're just amazing wines. And we know so, you're biased toward Israeli wines, but even with, that, even with that consideration, it's Simon, delicious. nonetheless, people it's should delicious. try. Jeff, uh, it, Jeff Morgan's here, Covenant Wines, both California and Israel. Can you give me a... And, and again, the way you described your background, it's quite diverse compared to some, you know, someone like, you know, other people in our community. You've, you've had quite a, an experience in the world of wine across the board. Let's put it that way. I'm being as subtle as I can be on this. Can you tell me what your first impression was of Israeli wines? Like, did you say to yourself, these are as, as high quality as the rest of the world, or they're very different, and here's why they're different? What, what can you tell us about the first experience you had with Israeli wines? Well, as I said earlier in the show, um, let me just get a sip of water here. No problem. I'm still going to sound hoarse, though, because that's the way I talk. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so um, 
As I said, originally, um, Domaine du Castel, the Israeli winery, um, back in 2002, I think, when we tasted the wines for the first time, um, that was really kind of my first Israeli wine, and uh, it was... Uh, Inspiring, right? So right from but the get-go, but very different, very like uh, it's it's it's, it's uh, you know uh, Ellie has more of a European uh, uh, perspective, and it was more of a I would say a Bordelais style. But I love all good wine. I really I, I appreciate different styles of wine. If we all if they all tasted the same, it'd be boring. Right. So um, so right away we were I was inspired, and then as I as I went that first trip to Israel in 2011 and tasted my way through the country. Um, I discovered lots of fantastic wines. Based on what you've heard, if that trip would have been 15 or 20 years earlier, do you think you would have been disappointed? Because I'm just wondering. I, I, I don't know if I would have been disappointed. I might not have been as inspired. Right. Because Wouldn't have been as good. Israel, well, Israel is, and let's not forget it ever, especially we Jews, that Israel is probably the oldest wine-growing region in the world, right. uh, except maybe for some areas over there in, uh, in uh, the Crimea. But it's one of the oldest wine-growing regions in the world, and we were famous back in the days of the Romans when they were, you know, giving our our Israeli wine special status before right. they decided to destroy Jerusalem. They were drinking a lot of good Israeli wine, um, <clears throat> and so the potential has always been there for modern-day Israeli wines because two thousand, three thousand years ago, we were making some of the greatest wines in the world in Israel already. So there was never any question in my mind that it could be great. Um, but then um, <clears throat> it's a young region, growers right. are just getting started, winemakers getting started. I mean, Yarden's been there what, 30 years or more, and Yarden actually makes some very good wines as well. Um, but I think <clears throat> the, um, the, uh, there, there are more, uh, as we, every year there are more and more wineries uh, coming on board, more and more talented winemakers coming up through the ranks who have made wine in other countries, like uh, Ari Earl, who works with me right. over there, and um, uh, and 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 so uh, it's a young region like like Napa Valley was 30 years ago, but it's going to go big time, I'm sure, uh, over the next generation. And if you're in a hurry in the wine business, you might as well go to another business because it does take time to establish oneself and also to learn just what it is that uh, is required do to make the greatest wines. Do you enjoy visiting the smaller boutique wineries of Israel? Well, I used to. Now I'm so busy, I don't have time to go visit the <laughs> boutique wineries because we are a boutique winery, and, and um, we. Um, You're busy being one. Yeah, and so we're busy also um, introducing ourselves to Israel. You know, I thought I'd show up and like everybody would say, "Oh, Covenants here, great. Right. <laughs> we love you." Doesn't and work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, <clears throat> not that anybody was nasty, but right. you know, it was kind of like, "Well, so okay, get in line." Is basically what everybody said, and uh, rightfully so. It's like I just had shown up and didn't really matter that I'd been at it for over a decade, you know, you know, really 20 years uh, in, in, in America. So you have to kind of start over when you go to a new place. But I never felt totally that I was starting over because I always felt like I was coming home. Right. And um, I still feel when I get off the plane that, you know, I'm, I'm where I belong. Amazing. Simon, as a consumer, is it, do you get the impression that it's difficult to break into the Israeli wine market or a, a, a startup, which of course... Jeff is not a startup, as he just described, it's a little further than that, uh, has a good chance to, to make an impact there. There are literally hundreds of boutique wineries right now in Israel, <laughs> and it's very hard distinguishing yourself, but Covenant has definitely got a name, certainly among the, um, the, wine, make, the wine drinkers who are, uh, who are really, you know, kind of the established um, wine consumers. 
in Israel know of covenant. Um, they've been smuggling bottles through customs for years, so uh, they know of it, and they're pleasantly, I think everybody's pleasantly surprised with the, the move to have uh, half of the production or half of what you're doing being in Israel, and it's just, the results are just amazing. So, Does it matter to the distributor? Does the distributor care where the wine comes from, aside from the spiritual angle of trying to yeah. you know, flood the market with as many Israeli wines as possible? Well, <clears throat> let's remember we're not just talking about any distributor. Right. We're talking about the Herzog family. And I think, um, aside from being astute businessmen, they're also very spiritually connected. So they were very happy when they heard you were... Yeah, I think so. I mean, right. okay, it's a little more complicated now. they got California and Israel, but... You know, I, 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 I credit and blame at the same time Nathan Herzog for helping get me on the path. <laughs> to, to, yeah, to, to a Jewish life. And um, I tell you, um, having Israel in my sights and having Israel uh, in my uh, soul uh, through my work, making kosher wine uh, over there has just been very energizing, very exciting, and really has given me the connection that I think I've been looking for all this time with Covenant. I didn't even Amazing. know what Covenant meant when I came up with the name. That's how <laughs> clueless I was. But in fact, it's all about connection. This week's Parsha yeah. is the Covenant. This right. week's Parsha is Avram and, and Hashem. This is the Covenant. Well, and last week's Parsha, you mean Noah. Another Covenant. Well, another that, covenant that's my right. Parsha. That's, right. that's what I should have had, read 52 years ago right. when I turned 13. I didn't. My, my Parsha was Noah. Mine For, too. Mine too. We're, we're, that's we, right. Yeah. And uh, so that's the first winemaker with yep. the uh, Rainbow Covenant. Right. So um, that's just another Bashir thing. But it's really cool. I forgot that we shared I, that. I actually got that Aaliyah this week. Nice. Um, and when I got it and they started talking about <laughs> wine, I said, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> well, it was kind of interesting. Well, you know, since I was last on the show, I think it was like three years ago, I was finally bar mitzvahed. Mazal tov. Yeah. yeah. And, Did uh, you do it on Noah? Or, uh, yeah, nice. yeah. I, I, I leaned the fifth Aliyah, which is the, the Rainbow Covenant, because I don't want to read the part about him like getting drunk and getting in trouble. So I, I, I oh, like the great. part about the rain, the, the, the Brit HaKeshet. So that it's pretty is cool. Great. All right, Jeff Morgan is here. We're talking about Covenant wine. Uh, now you have an amazing choice. Uh, you can get the amazing California wines, Covenant with a Red Sea, and you could also get the amazing Israeli wines, Covenant with a blue sea to start the word covenant. And everybody out there, we encourage you, of course, to purchase Israeli wines and to enjoy. Is there a an indication yet how this year's harvest went? Do we know if it's a good year, a stellar year? How would you describe what you've heard from Israel in September and October? Well, the good thing about Israel and California, they both have very similar climates. Typically, it doesn't rain during the harvest which makes it um, a lot easier to pick your grapes. So um, they're relatively warm climates. And um, I would say that, you know, both in California and Israel, typically we get about nine out of 10 harvests are great. And unlike France, where they'll maybe get uh, three out of 10 greats, we get a lot more great harvests just because we're lucky to have um, a more stable climate for grape growing. So Israel has that kind of high percentage? I never realized that. Absolutely. I mean, my 13, my 14, my... 15 was Shemitah, but it still came out great. And that was the sandstorm year. Um, right. 16 is what our reds are this year. 17, yeah. It's, and you're it's, satisfied with all of them. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's more than satisfied. I didn't really know what I was getting into. And um, I remember thinking the first time, you know, we with the 13, Simon, um, yep. 
I tasted the grapes after the wine after it had fermented, just very young in the in the barrel, and I thought, wow, this stuff's great. And then I wasn't sure if it was uh, an anomaly or if it was going to be you know regularly like this. But every year, um, it's really terrific quality. And I I was doing my blends last uh, last December for um, our current vintages that are now in bottles, and I I actually started crying because the reds were so gorgeous. And um, I just thought, wow, you know, I'm not doing anything different than I do in California. This comes from the land. This comes from, you know, where we make the wines. You know, I was in a like winery. we've been talking about I, before. I, I, t- I was in a winery the other day, and um, and actually, they started to just water the land, and all of this, all of these things started to grow out of the ground. And we were in an area that was totally barren, with nothing. And as soon as they started watering it, great. You know, Geffen was coming out, Hita, all of this. Uh, it's amazing. It's waiting for us. Talk about a blessed It's just waiting for us. It's unbelievable. Uh, by the way, now my ignorance will really come through. Uh, the 13, 14, are these cases worth buying and storing or saving or hiding? You like, can't get the 13 It's anymore. impossible. The 13 uh, my wines, you can't get much of the 14 either. Um, yeah. If they were available, these are the type that you want yeah. to put away as a winemaker or not? All of my red wines age very well. Ah, so so it's know. not a, it's, but they also Which means taste, Simon likely but, has them hidden wait, somewhere. Wait, <laughs> but they also, what's special is they also taste delicious now. Right. They're not wines that you have to put away for 20 years. Yeah, I, I try you to make can. wine that tastes really good upon release, and it doesn't necessarily get better with age. It gets different. A different mm-hmm. kind of enjoyment comes with, with drinking an aged wine. But uh, I would suggest if you're just buying a bottle not to age it, you, you have to buy three to six bottles at a time to age them and watch them evolve. If you're just buying a bottle for Shabbat or whatever, just drink it. But I, and I, my suggestion would be to open it and drink it, and then give it a little bit of time and drink it again and taste it as it develops with the air, as it breathes. Yeah. It's De- really amazing. Decanting, I, I don't know if everybody who's listening knows what that is, but it's essentially you get a, a, anything like a milk bottle or a decanter, any glass vessel uh, that you know, can hold a bottle of wine. And you just, uh, younger reds, if you pour the, the red from the bottle of wine into the decanter, half hour, an hour before you drink it, that will aerate it and help reveal some of those secrets that are still inside. And will taste even better than yeah. if you would have had it right yeah. out of the bottle. Yeah, typically, yeah. If you don't decant, that's fine too. Yeah, but sometimes for a novice, it's hard to understand yeah. that, but I want to understand Yeah, or too. usually if you if you don't decant well, then the second half of the bottle often tastes better than the first half. <laughs> yeah, there say? you go. <laughs> it's, that's because you've already had half a bottle of wine. <laughs> that's part of it too, probably. Yes, I agree. Yes, yeah. Simon, I'm sorry. Well, we were, I was saying the first time I tasted that wine, I tasted the Syrah. Um, I started crying to, I, when I first saw it. But when I tasted it, my taste buds were doing uh, the horror. A little dance. They, they huh? were doing a dance. Gee, we, should get, we should get you to write our, our back labels. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> final message to consumers. It's all out there and they're ready to, you know, to go it, and enjoy. The, huh? my, my final message for the consumers, it's a little deeper than wine. It's, um, it's, it's about Israel and why we should uh, support Israel, obvious, for the obvious reason that this is also our land and our people and our history and our heritage. Um, but when you drink an Israeli wine, and that doesn't mean you should stop drinking, you know, kosher right. California or kosher French or Italian. But Enjoy when, them all. Yeah, but when you, because yes, uh, variety is the spice of life. But when you drink Israeli wine, you're uh, helping to build our nation again. You're, you're making an investment in Israel, which is what I'm trying to do. Uh, also, through my winemaking, I want to help build 
uh, something that is powerful, something that's connected to who we are. I happen to know wine, so that's what I'm working on. If I was a high-tech guy, I guess I'd be doing high-tech. But uh, but it's wine, Israeli wine, is so connected to our roots, literally, that it just is a, it's a, you don't have to grow grapes to, to get that connection. All you have to do is drink Israeli wine and you'll get it, uh, you know, very naturally. It's a part of our culture. And I hope that any, anybody listening to this will go out and make sure that they have some Israeli wine for, for, uh, for Shabbos this coming week. Uh, perfect week to commemorate Israeli wines, Parshas Lachacha. So people should go ahead and take advantage. Simon, any final message I, to everyone? I couldn't say it any better you than did it well, huh? You did it really perfect, well. Beautiful. Uh, I can't thank Jeff Morgan enough. Everyone check it out. You go to your retailers, you'll see Covenant, both from California and from Israel. We're recommending uh, both uh, halves of the brand, if you will. Everybody should enjoy, as Jeff said, the variety that the uh, California wines give you. And, of course, the Israeli varieties, but for the extra reason of helping continue to build uh, the state of Israel and to support what comes from the land of Israel. Simon? Just one last thing. Sure. When you're in Israel or California, please feel free to call, look on the website for Covenant and uh, set up a tasting and enjoy. Zoe. Covenantwines.com. Yeah. And you can meet They're my daughter Zoe. With she's you want, the best. She's in Israel, amazing. And she is uh, really amazing. She's she's uh, definitely prettier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that too, but and she knows her wine. She knows yes, wine. And she knows her wine. <laughs> she knows her wine. <laughs> Jeff, I can't thank you enough. This was great. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you so great much for the, the visit. Uh, wonderful. And uh, everybody out there, thank you, Covenant. Nathan. A pleasure, Simon. Thank you, everyone out there. It's Covenant. Simple as that. And as we uh, get to Parshas Lechacha, a wonderful opportunity. Uh, to commemorate all the covenants, Noah, Avram, everybody, uh, by purchasing a great bottle of covenant wine from Israel. Quarter before 9 o'clock, you're listening to a Monday morning edition of JM in the AM.
Jimmy Engel, JM in the AM. It's called Shanus. Monday morning, heading back to school, back to work with JM in the AM. My thanks to Jeff Morgan. My thanks to Simon Jacob. My thanks to Lenny Solomon. Great Monday so far. The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten is eight minutes away, and Mayor Weingarten is with us live via telephone. Chag Sameach, Mayor. <laughs> you like you like that, huh? Chag <laughs> Today is today. Happy anniversary. Today is the uh, today is the eight hundred and fifty third anniversary of the Rambam visiting Harabayit. Correct. The Rambam visiting um, uh, the Temple Mount, and uh, and later on in the week visiting Hebron. And later on in the week, correct, and, and two days later, visiting Hebron. And visiting... It, doesn't it sound familiar? First, Harabayit, then we get to Hebron. Yeah. Sort of like somebody was yeah. clearing it, the path. It's sort of like the IDF followed the path of the Rambam. Mm, wow, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So ha- yeah. So we'll ha- talk a little bit about that. So we'll happy see. anniversary. Thank you very much. A lot of big anniversaries coming up this month. <laughs> yes, there are. On uh, this coming uh, Sunday... Uh, coinciding with the same day of the week that it occurred is the uh, is the yard site of Yitzchak Rabin. That's this ah. that's this coming Sunday because it happened Motzei Shabbat. It happened right. Motzei Shabbat. Right. Then next Wednesday night and Thursday is Shlomo Kalbach's yard site. Hmm. And then for those who enjoyed our Yossi Klein Halevi conversation last week, um, next Shabbat, meaning not uh, Lechlecha but Vayera, hmm. is uh, Mayor Kahana's yard site. And I wow. and I say that because um, we had a very what I felt was a very interesting conversation with him about Mayor Kahana, who he knew very well. Right. Um, and he was speaking about the differences, but once Mayor Kahana got to Israel and other things, very interesting, a very interesting I, perspective. I would say to you that his his conversation with you was amazing. Thank Your you. conversation with him was amazing, as was all the programs from Israel last week. If anybody out there hasn't heard it, take it from me. Go back to the archives and listen to it. They're just masterful, amazing, Thank you. fascinating programs. Thank you very much. Are you going to have to drop the name The Israel Show now and uh, and defer to me? Is that what's uh, going to happen? We're getting there. <laughs> God forbid. All right. I, I appreciate that very, very much. All right. Today, uh, there are a bunch of things to discuss. Number one, uh, Israel's television news consistently uses seemingly in- innocent stories to incite against some of our most treasured values. I wonder what Mayor Weingarten means by that. Yeah, well, if you tune in to the Israel show, mm-hmm. just coming up right right after yours. Then I'll find out. Then you'll find out. But, um, you know, people that are living in Israel might have heard about the story of an intermarried couple, a Jew and an Arab, not the first time. And we will cover how the media in Israel covered both of those. One was very recent, one was a few months ago. Even a few months ago, when I saw the coverage of the, uh, of the previous uh, uh, intermarriage of Jew and Arab, it irked me terribly, because I saw how they were twisting it to make, to make it sound like it's just, you know, big deal. You know, it's a nice thing. They fell in love. Why shouldn't they get married, you know? Right. Intermarriage. Understood. Spoken, you know, 
Uh, we also have the audio of a frightening uh, election ad from Ashdod. You know, the uh, municipal elections are coming up in about, I think, 10 days or so in Israel. Right, right. Uh, yeah, we, we don't we, pay we, that much attention to it. What's that? We saw all the signs hanging in Jerusalem. Right, and, right. and and as usual, some fantastic slogans. Some fantastic yes. slogans. <laughs> you want to share one? I, I, don't remember? Remember, I don't remember them offhand, but they, yeah. they, they, they're, they're so clever. You know what I mean. They're so yes, clever. Yes, plays on words yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Right. Anyway, so in Ashdod, Ashdod is a, um, an interesting, volatile mix of, of Russian immigrants and Haredim who have moved into Ashdod. And uh, th- there was an ad put up by uh, probably one of the Russian uh, uh, parties uh, giving a taste of what happens if you don't get out and vote. And then we're going to play some clips of it, but I- I'll tell you it's frightening. It is absolutely frightening. And uh, finally, and we mentioned this Friday on the air, and we spoke about it a couple of times last week, this 2,000-year-old carving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the word Jerusalem is just an amazing and incredible discovery. You'll have more about it today between 9 and 10 o'clock. Yes. Try and get a more accurate read than what most of the media has been <laughs> presenting. I mean, it's great. I'm not trying to take yeah. away from the from the discovery itself, but uh, people, yeah, whatever. We'll get we'll get to the detail. We'll, we'll give you a little more details about it. All right, we look forward to that. The Israel Show happens, and of course, the weekly Israeli music mix all happens between nine and ten o'clock live. Uh, from the uh, Brooklyn studios with the Nahum Siegel Network, and that's happening right after JM and the M. Mayor, we wish you Hatzlacha Rabah with today's show. Don't forget that right after the Israel show, live from this studio, it's Yoni Pollock hosting after further review. He'll have plenty to talk about, baseball, football, basketball. He'll have everything. After further review starts at uh, 10 o'clock and goes until 11 a.m. Eastern time. And then Jake Novak on Novak Now. Um, uh, discusses the uh, Jamal Khashoggi case and explores what it really means for Americans and the American news media. So a lot of great live programming coming up here right after JM and the AM on the Nahum Siegel Network. Don't forget, right after noon, we will have an amazing mix of great music as well. So Monday is a great day, like every day. Monday is a great day to tune in and be part of uh, what we do here every single day. And... um, I hope you'll have an opportunity to um, uh, to tune in and uh, be part of it starting just a minute or two from now uh, here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Monday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. I thank you all for tuning in. And my thanks to Lenny Solomon, who was with us earlier. Go to uh, the Four Corners Project on the web. You can find out more about Lenny's brand-new album, um, Shira Yatera. We congratulate him. It was great playing brand new music with Lenny in the seven o'clock hour this morning here at JM and the AM. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener sponsored digital radio around the world on the web and on the Nahum Single Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app wraps up a Monday here at JM and the AM. Yeah, thank goodness I worked over the weekend to get rid of that cold, and seems to have worked. But Lee Einhara, let's let's hope it stays this way. Talking a little bit, a little bit different than uh, than I did on Thursday and Friday. Anyway, on this first day of Bahab, I say thanks for tuning in. Tomorrow we're back. We'll start at six a.m. And don't forget, coming up next, more live programming. Mayor Weingarten live with the Israel Show. Then Yoni Pollock live with after further review, and then Jake Novak live with the Novak Now. All happening here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.